I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talk to the Audience where this is always death. I am one of your hosts, the placebo taker, Bob Mackey, who is here with me as always. Henry Gilbert, finally presented in my correct aspect ratio. Finally, you were all stretched out before <laughs> and now you're my 4 by 3 friend. But yes, if you've never heard this before, this is our monthly community podcast where we talk about what's going on in the Simpsons world and in our world and we read and respond to your comments from the past month's worth of episodes. And we've got quite a few news items up top, but the number one news item is we are still in lockdown yes yeah we uh, we don't know how it is in your neck of the woods but in the bay area you know california re- respects the shelter in place stuff more than uh, a lot of american states right now uh and you know me and bob are safe our families are safe uh, so hey, that's been nice but yes also can't do much but nope. uh, but i've been streaming it up quite a lot this month yes. at least what's good for our listeners is that we are now now uh going straight ahead into the future working on our podcast we're already recording july podcast Mm -hmm. and very very soon will be in august once uh, i finish producing talking mission hill with henry so yeah yeah. we we have recorded our first august podcast but we're not oh, we into did. august yet yeah, yeah i but, forgot about that yeah we uh, and we've had to make sure every time to like if it's with a guest tell them hey this is in august so you know don't say anything that would date stuff don't don't mention a celebrity in their 90s you're 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 really dancing with fire there yeah, i'm dancing with the, all the fires but mm. yeah my theory is and i've said this to my fiance just like if i have fun now that's a lesser amount of fun than if I'll have fun later. So I'm spending all my time working so I can accumulate free time to spend when free time is actually fun. <laughs> you'll be, you'll take like two weeks off and then uh, we'll do one week of recordings and two weeks off again. It's going to be a real vacation for we, Bob Mackey. We've uh, we both earned uh, a lot of vacation yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm so grateful for having this to do because when I have nothing to do, I can't relax because <laughs> it's just so anxious and stressful to be living in this world. So I'm glad I have this project to focus on and I've been having so much fun uh frankly diving too deep into some of these mysteries of the show's recovery (laughs) no i've i've had a lot of fun too i've been watching extra even when we do stuff of like "Eh, why not i just watch like six episodes of this show we're doing like uh you well here's a surprise for you guys but next month we're doing a Duckman podcast finally and and i've watched about a dozen episodes of Duckman. (laughs) me too i'm diving into Duckman. that's the Uh, name of our podcast series that you won't unlock (laughs) i i think i also wanted to watch it to catch up with you like oh bob's having all this fun watching old Duckmans. i i gotta bust out my dvd box that uh that bob suggested i i pick up while they're still in print so you mentioned it up front henry but yes uh four by three simpsons coming or wait uh have they come already not yet okay the, so we can't yeah this actually is going up tonight the day we're oh, recording oh you're it, right so, about that yeah, yeah it's tuesday yeah so uh it's not if you're listening to this on the day posted it still isn't out but we have been promised very clearly by disney and al gene himself that four by three aspect ratio simpsons will finally be on disney plus now here's what i want to see is that i'm curious as if uh to see are these like the original video transfers or are they in big scare quotes cleaned up by disney Mm. because 
the HD versions, whatever they're using, have been cleaned up, meaning made worse. Yes. So well, I boy. really want to know like what this image will look like and if it detracts from the original, you know, tape transfers that we saw on the DVDs. You know, on Simpsons World, they were the DVD files. As far as I could tell, they were the DVD files, like not touched up or anything. I'd hope they're just using those same files that were being used on Simpsons World, but that, you know, I would fear that you know you put the fear in me, Bob, that the the six month delay of it uh. appearing on the thing was because Disney wanted to do some last minute cleanups or whatever. I mean, you see it. how disrespectful they are to their own stuff. Very much with so, their yeah. with their scare quotes cleanups. I feel like some there's just executives in a boardroom who think a child won't watch something if it doesn't look like pristine HD that they just don't have any which is like that's so lame because when we were kids we watched I Love Lucy yeah. or Honeymooners because it was funny we, I didn't I never had a thought to myself of like this is a black and white TV show I'm not gonna watch I was just it. like it's a black and white TV show it's old who cares <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think they're like uh, their response to this was very patronizing and it was like well um, if there was a non-HD show on uh, Disney Plus you'd just be confused and furrowing your brow and trying to understand the situation with your limited brain power so that's why for your own good we made it hd uh and it's and it's too bad that like simpsons is big enough and got it caused enough of a stink about the aspect ratio but there are others on there we've covered like goof troop and the chippendale rescue rangers for example those are cropified as well the thing that bothers me about that is like those like those are good hd transfers of those shows they sure. look great but then they crop them. Yeah. Bad, yeah. bad, bad. Uh, I mean, getting them off the film negatives and getting them HD, like, that's why, as long as you kept the masters on hand, a lot of animated shows upgrade to HD very well. Yeah. And here's the issue with The Simpsons, and we might have mentioned it before, but The Simpsons, like a lot of shows at the time, uh, even animated shows, is that they receive the you know materials from korea but then that was edited on video mm -hmm. so the original version of the simpsons is a videotape you would have to go back and capture the assets that they were working from when they made those video transfers for the final cuts of the episode mm, so right. i would love in my lifetime to see the real like 4k simpsons restoration but it is going to be a lot of work they have to re-edit episodes yeah you're right i i didn't even consider that but yeah, yeah you're right the the source material they got is not the broadcast version yeah so and then they have to get the broadcast versions audio and remix that but no i mean yeah. the broadcast versions were uh so the original versions that the uh like film roman and klasky chupa were working with those were edited with video yes. and then the video was what we saw yeah. so there was never like a direct uh sell to film broadcast it was sell to film to video to broadcast so you would have to go back and photograph the original assets or at least capture them and edit them back together again yeah and uh, an editor would need to do their best to imitate the exact editing of the broadcast and version what are you going to do with all those adr lines where they just rock and roll the video back and forth to make homer uh. say a line like you got to figure that out with film you have to badly edit it in the way that it was done on television there <laughs> yeah. too. yeah so i'm sorry if my uh, my explanation was convoluted but that's just the state of the simpsons yeah i uh but al Jean tweeted it out and and he actually did it at, in a cute way as a reply to his five-year-old tweet 
announcing the aspect ratio on Simpsons World, he then replied of like, now this is the most important tweet I've ever done. The aspect ratio is coming to Disney Plus on May 28th. And he also announced that uh, we've already got Playdate with Destiny, but now on May 29th on Disney Plus, the first Oscar-nominated Simpsons short, The Longest Daycare, oh, will be put on there. Thank God. You know what? I don't like the Maggie shorts. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I Look, I love David Silverman. Yeah, I, I love he, David he Silverman. Doing, he's doing the best he can with those things. Give I, yeah. him money. Give him yeah, money. Give him money. And also just let him... How about just a written and directed by David Silverman, Maggie Short? Especially yeah. like if they're going to be so visually influenced, like he gets to make all these calls, then why even have a script that you hand to him? Just let... He's been working with these characters <laughs> for 30 years. Just let him do, a, do it. A producers need to share that Oscar. Silverman That's, can't just get one on his own, you know? That is exactly the why. Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, longest daycare is better than play day with destiny. It's not though. horny Maggie, which I'm for. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Let's not put that on Maggie, people. It's gross. So yes, uh, there's more news about this Alf Clausen lawsuit. Apparently, uh, news came out that they wanted him gone after the Great Fatsby, which was the second Simpsons two-parter, mm-hmm. and uh, they alleged he was hiring his son to compose the show or help compose it. And Alf uh, Clausen was suffering. What was the condition he was suffering uh, from? Parkinson's. Parkinson's. Yeah. yeah. Again, he's uh, almost eighty. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's. I mean, Alf wasn't young when he was hired on the. No, Simpsons. I believe uh, forty-eight when he started doing it. Yeah. So he's he's getting up there in age. I didn't know he had parkinson's uh that he had been you know he'd been working with it it hasn't like you know fully disabled him but it has impacted his ability to work but yeah this this all came up as part of discovery which is you know since alf is going through with his big ass lawsuit against fox you have to open up to this is why people don't do lawsuits because the discovery ends (laughs) up fucking you way worse that's why there's always a settlement like let's never talk about this no details can come out about this yeah remember when we were in the games press that the um weston zampella the former call of duty guys who quit activision they sued activision and in the discovery among other things they were able to reveal the upcoming video game destiny through like lawsuits. oh that's right i think that's why activision finally settled with them and paid uh, them a billion dollars or whatever that's so, great so, so, that, so that's what's coming out here one shitty thing that came out about this was like he was an independent contractor which is why he couldn't sue for discrimination because yeah. he was not an employee that that's how they get you when you're an independent contractor. You have no rights. Nothing. They can almost murder you. They can sexually harass you. Technically, you're not an employee. That's That really saddened me to hear because they, you know, Simpsons is a union writers show and I believe also a union animators show. To not do that for Clausen as the this composer of the show that he's always, when he was writing all your favorite songs and they were talking about how like, Oh, the Simpsons in the key songs in the key of Springfield is a tribute to how great Alf Clausen is that they weren't making him a full-time guy that he was just per episode writing music. And, and yeah, from, from the discovery too, it sounds like that, uh, Gracie films was getting tired of paying for the full orchestra as well, which uh, is very unfortunate that they like cheaped <sighs> out on that. Yeah. Such a bummer. And uh, I'll, I'll be vague about this, but setting the precedent that someone is too old to work on The Simpsons, not a good idea no, for some folks. No, it's dangerous. Yeah. Like that's, it's a weird... And also to be like, I don't know, the, the Great Fatsby thing really got me because they're like, oh, he, he, you know, he didn't do a very good job on that rap episode. He wasn't good at writing that. We had to hire someone else to, oh. to do it. It's like, well, 
well, yeah, Alf Clausen isn't good at every type of music, and you should hire an outside guy if you want to have rap uh, a rap episode. But also, it's like to just say like, oh, he hasn't been doing his own work very well, or he brought in his son to help on this. It's like you know, there are generational people who work on The Simpsons too. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I feel I feel bad for Clausen. At the very least, you know, they could have they could have let him go in a less uh, painful for him way if they were going to do it and the music uh is such an important part of the show and he is such like he he brought so much character to the show with his music i mean we spent the entire first uh, season <laughs> recap or revisit complaining about rich uh not richard gibb sorry no richard gibb richard yeah. gibb okay yeah, yeah yeah i mean he did good stuff elsewhere but he was the wrong fit for a cartoon he was scoring yeah. it incorrectly and alf clausen came in and made the show sound amazing it made me appreciate alf clausen 10 times more than i did before he never like, did those uh, like uh, yeah he, he he knew to play things at the right level like he was very honed in on what the simpsons feel was like he he got what they were going for and and also invented some of the feel like to make these scenes work in ways they wouldn't without his his music there i i just wish they could have had at least a better parting of ways if they really wanted to let him go and i feel like it's only gonna get nastier like this mm. is just the start of the nastiness with all these like reveals of information once the actual lawsuit begins i guess alf is hoping i would hope for alf's sake that he would get a settlement and that this won't go to trial where it will get even nastier yeah and uh we love alf Clausen. i mean i'm sorry up front there's a lot of negative stories <laughs> up front but I, I will say like i would have thought this was cool in 1998 unfortunately it's 2020 and i'm not a fan of these people anymore but uh weezer debuted a new song on the simpsons and when i saw the image of them i, I would i said like oh man if i was a teenager at the height of my weezer fan how cool would it be fulfilling for me if i saw them be on the simpsons then but uh that phase of my life is over now but i guess uh, yeah. i guess there are new weezer fans there's uh i i went to that weezer concert last year and felt quite old with a lot of the young weezer fans there yeah. i i was in between ages there the pixies were the opening band so there were pixies fans there who were 10 to 20 years older than me so i didn't feel too old but then there were the mid-30s people who were the Weezer fans, and then the teens and early 20s who were like YouTube Weezer fans, and uh, I did. they made me feel old, probably in the ways that I made the Pixies fans feel old. Probably like uh, if you're like an, at an Aerosmith concert in 92, like looking around, all these people only just bought Get a Grip. I was <laughs> yeah. there in the 70s. Obviously, they wouldn't have done it in, you know, for Pinkerton or the Blue Album. But even if in season 11, they came on to sing like Island in the Sun yeah, or whatever in yeah. an episode. But the Simpsons and Weezer finally got hip enough to recognize each other like... Uh, Weezer, I think they were at the wrong time to have been in the Homer Palooza episode. Like they, they were probably yeah. going through some de match sharpifying the band at that point. And Rivers was um, on a journey up his own ass for a while. Oh yeah, uh, famously yeah. around the same time, actually, mm -hmm. uh, he turned out an offer to be part of Weird Al's alternative polka because he didn't get it. He, oh, didn't, he yeah. didn't understand like why it'd be funny to hear Buddy Holly played as a polka medley. And I love that alternative polka, but Buddy Holly not being there is a big omission. It uh, it. Might marks the time so well that you need to hear every part of it i uh rivers cuomo yeah you know actually i forgot he went to harvard during his weird time he, yeah he should reunite with those guys like oh what did you think of harvard square and he's just like god i'm having so much sex it sucks i yeah, hate it boo. i need to <laughs> i need to move to japan 
and have sex with those people. But, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it, yes. Yeah, I wish it was in the 90s. I would have thought it was the coolest thing in the world we yeah. saw on there. And I, I think they appeared in character as like a made up band, not as not as Weezer, though. They also did the theme song for the episode, too. Mm. So we're, we're in the Weezer resurgence now. Had in another timeline in July, I would have been seeing Weezer at a uh, with, along with Green Day and well, along with Green Day at uh, the baseball stadium in the in the city mm. it was going to be a big stadium too show. dangerous we must protect rivers he's an old man yeah, now he's too okay so finally some happy news yeah. uh, we've all been waiting for it but finally al jean is not represented by the gersh agency <laughs> hooray uh, i i just wanted to clue this because it was on deadline i was like oh this is news that came up when i did my Sim- simpsons research but it was al jean you know his pr company just releases like hey he signed a new deal with the gersh agency i believe if you guys listened to our when you dish upon the star we talked about how all the writers fired their agents yes because of the wga rules gersh was one of the first to agree to the new wga rules so al jean can now sign with that talent okay. agency. i remember uh we love mike scully he's a big uh, fighter for workers rights especially if in, in the writing world yeah and i remember him uh, reading him tweeting about how like even so like if you have an agent and they don't help you sell a show if you sell your own show you have to give them money yeah because they Ugh. represent you it uh, it sounds like a real ripoff. Yeah, uh, and I just I just hope that Algin gets a muffin basket because the the Gersh agency is specifically who they choked about in that episode. Mm-hmm. And I guess our final bit of news is that uh, the murder hornets thing came true. And you know what? Uh, I thought this would be a bigger meme, but it really didn't take off in my Twitter sphere. Should have been more of it, but yeah, it was. I also think they're <laughs> being racist to like bugs, <laughs> uh, killer bees and hornets. Yeah, are the same. just like yeah. uh, we were afraid of the african ooh, the african bees and these are oh, like ooh, the yes. oriental uh, bees are coming now that's true those a- africanized bees i forgot that that was part of the killer bee stuff uh, but well i just wanted to include it because you know last month we talked about how bill oakley wrote a whole article about how like the uh, this is not we didn't predict it the osaka flu is not this and it's racist to make it into the osaka flu but then when the murder hornet stuff started becoming another part of the news and then a person shared the scene of people thinking they're going to take placebos it had that scene is perfect it has people angry during a plague and then searching for placebos and Uh, then deadly bees appear the placebos harm them yeah it's it's perfect and but you know bill oakley finally had to he like tweeted like fine okay we did predict it i admit it (laughs) that was one of a few killer bees jokes on the simpsons because there was that anxiety the unrealistic anxiety the killer bees could make it here and i'm sure like duck man has like six killer bees jokes i mean it was in the air like along with like ebola jokes Mm -hmm. in the 90s yeah the, the the idea of killer bees i was terrified of them as a kid i think i watched a fox made for tv movie that was all about a killer bee outbreak and showing like what would happen it would destroy this small town like it i but i had a lot of uh nervousness about those things in general back then i if the news told me to be scared of something i would be scared it's in your room right now <laughs> uh but yes so let's talk about us so we got a special gift in the boy, mail oh boy yeah. yes from lauren mcmullen so after we talked 
talk to her for our interview please check it out on the patreon if you haven't she is one of the godfathers of mission hill has directed so many things and then she's like oh i'll send you guys some stuff she might have said that during the podcast but now we have it has not been open it's been sitting in uh, henry's apartment for three weeks henry <laughs> please do the honors all right yes on the i'm gonna share well, we're gonna have a post of pictures of it too but uh the a, envelope is sealed with a kevin sticker it's sealed so. with a k a kevin <laughs> all right i'm going to carefully open it here so henry is opening it i'll describe this henry's using a butter knife and it's a fine opening technique i will i'll give it an eight out of ten uh let's see how much more i can vamp here and uh ooh, we have lauren mcmullen's address and i'll read it after the show <laughs> so henry's pulling uh, oh, things out there's a letter thing around it or, or wax oh, paper okay. here and uh henry's opening the uh the tissue paper it's a fine stock and it looks like there might be stickers in there yes oh boy oh, look at all these stickers boy we got a posy oh hey stickers for you both yeah stickers for you both from, from lauren, lauren m oh uh, yeah lauren's got a good font going yeah well she's an artist she yeah. uh she's probably designed a few fonts in her time knowing what it's like to hold on to promote promotional stuff i bet she was like <laughs> finally i can get rid of more of these mission uh, hill stickers <laughs> wow look at that these are vintage ones like okay so there's posy Ooh, we got posy we got jim look at that back it says oh. fridays this fall oh. it really is from then that was true wow. for two weeks <laughs> Got so I got Jim, we got uh, Stogie, we got Andy, we got Kevin, and I think they're just duplicates of all the four yeah, main characters. Wow. So oh, so nice. We got a set for both of us. Oh, Morgan. but one's a red Stogie and one's an orange Stogie. So we have a Stogie so. variant. Okay, we got to oh. we got to divvy these up at the yeah. end. Yeah. Oh man, how nice. I I mean anybody can print stickers. Oh. now of these ones but oh sorry these That's are okay, I just want to see. Gonna, no. oh no i just want to see the fridays this fall yeah that yeah. is i mean the tragedy of this sticker is yeah. uh just screaming at me it's it's like uh, it's like a poster for an unreleased film yeah <laughs> but, uh, technically two fridays that fall so yeah, for, it wasn't completely inaccurate it was a plural of fridays but uh yeah, but yeah so thank nice. you thank to you. lauren mcmullen and god i'm not I, I don't even think i'll use those stickers it's like it's the only jib sticker i know yeah especially that it says that it has the ad on the back i just can't uh, for for a, a logo for the wb which no longer exists yeah. also like yeah it no longer exists uh, but i think i'll laminate nice. the sticker and then stick that on something so Ooh. i can then reuse it that's a good idea all right well, I think we I'll are we are both lucky boys <laughs> lucky lucky boys yes thank you laura mcmullen and she shared with us a bunch of cool pictures from art she has saved too she she sent yeah. us pictures of that so i'm gonna do a post of uh these stickers by themselves as well uh, and share with you guys what she shared with us laura mcmullen what a nice person a uh, class act so act uh, all the way we've been knee deep in mission hill today we recorded the second to last episode of the uh, covering the core 13 mm -hmm. we're gonna do one more after that to cover the uh what remains of season two what would have been and then we are going to be done with that miniseries for now but so much fun doing that throughout these uh these bad times mm -hmm. uh, it's been fun to revisit the 90s the end of history where nothing yeah. could possibly <laughs> go wrong it uh, it has been really nice to get back to just before 9-11 or if i'm watching ones i remember from seeing on adult swim right after 9-11 yeah. uh yeah and uh, you know laura mcmullen i don't think will be our only interview about Ooh, mission hill yes yeah, stay tuned to that yeah. and uh, and also season 10 deleted yes scenes. Yeah. we didn't forget but we for, kind of forgot we okay yes we, did, we, so. we were getting so ahead of ourselves that uh, by the time we hit season one i was like wait a minute we never did deleted scenes 
So we are going to be doing that this week, recording it this week. It'll hit our feed soon. And the news we're going to give you is that we are no longer doing season wrap-ups because we typically now include all of that in the shows themselves. And those existed when the shows were like less than an hour long. And now we feel like there is less of a reason to do a season wrap-up. So yes, you will still get the deleted scene special at the end of every season, but the season wrap-ups will no longer be happening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we share all that information anyway now and yeah the the season 10 deleted scenes though uh, it'll be as before a video version for the ten dollar subscribers and five dollar subscribers will get the audio version and the ten dollar people also get the audio only version so and yeah we uh i just recorded those off of our brand new imac that we just Ooh, got to what a fancy new <laughs> imac we we had uh, you guys hadn't noticed it yeah but we had had a couple little computer problems uh, for the last month that we finally decided like we gotta upgrade yeah, this. yeah. we should mention that we got a brand new computer so we've been using the same refurbished macbook for the past uh, three years since we started the patreon and it was starting to crap out a lot especially on remote stuff so recently we invested in a new uh, desktop mac and we're using it for the first time uh, today and it's great like so thanks to you guys we can do this for a living and also replace equipment when it breaks which is very important in business like this we don't want to be telling all of our guests like we might lose you yes, so yeah. you know waste more of your valuable time as we get our shit together behind the scenes we were i mean yeah the tech issue made us very on edge for our uh how did this get played appearance this month but it all worked out and i hope you guys all enjoyed hearing that as well we, <laughs> we've been wanting to do that for a very long time oh yes and i'm so check that out yeah how did this get played we did the bart versus the space mutants episode for mm. them but also there were a few times during recording so we're like we were on edge because the, the laptop kept freezing and occasionally Henry and I will like raise our fingers when we want to say something just to let the other person know a few times I was like oh my god is something wrong yes, yeah <laughs> I uh Bob has seen me go like white as a sheet a couple times yeah I'm like, it's like, oh no what did we lose <laughs> the good news is we never lost anything never yeah. because we use GarageBand and it retains a temp file so even if the computer crashes it means we don't lose an episode so mm. audacity doesn't do that as far as I know yeah yeah GarageBand I mean and that's also why we stuck with we had an aged macbook we were using that was very affordable and was great for a couple years but now this time especially like we've uh we're at the highest our patreon's ever been so it felt yeah. like a good time to invest in a a brand new one and likely well. no uh travel to la uh for Not the right foreseeable now. future oh, and no. i i caught i miss those trips so much going yeah, to la and meeting I with miss, our friends you know sometimes the uh the heat or the busyness uh it, it'd be like too there wasn't uh always time to enjoy our time in LA but I now we just remember back on the good yeah, times look there, back yeah. fondly at all of our podcasting friends yeah that's that was originally our plan that we would have done in person the how did this get played but yeah uh, yeah. yeah there was a, a vaguely spring of 2020 LA trip in the works our last one was December of mm -hmm. 2019 but yeah I, I really want to go back there and we will when it's safe and when people want to uh, be breathing in our same vicinity <laughs> it felt I mean we do though have our own earwolf page now which is pretty nice oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's uh I, i'm now immortalized <laughs> sadly we didn't get to sign the table though that no. was my big hope of like man when i go there i'm gonna sign the table i'm gonna find like a paul f tompkins and see if i can get some real estate next to him so let's talk about our schedule for what a cartoon for june and mm -hmm. i can just go over it real quick so the first week we're doing uh, gundam wing the first episode we recorded that with cat bailey like in april or march I think late march oh I think wow it was late march maybe first week of april <laughs> Yeah. She was not yeah. here in person or was she? No, she wasn't. Okay. That was that was what was interesting. We we recorded with her in person on the last day of civilization, like the day 
day everything was shut down. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, when, will, when will I go to Canada? Will I get married? The answer was no. Uh, well, <laughs> Not but, gonna happen. And then two weeks later, we recorded with her uh, remotely, and we were very much like, uh, oh boy, things have changed a lot in two weeks. Huh? We we were pretty foolish when we recorded that Talking Simpsons with you last. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Kat, uh, amazing Gundam fan. Uh, she's going to be talking about Gundam Wing with us, the first episode, which is on Hulu. And after that, finally, Bob Mackie's dreams come true because <laughs> we get to cover Duckman again with the episode Cocktails for Four. And if you're wondering, there is a very cheap Duckman DVD set that contains every episode, all 70, for like 20 bucks. So check that yeah, out if you have not seen Duckman. Pretty good. 70 episodes for 20 bucks. I mean, that's just pure value right now. And because I don't believe it's legally streaming anywhere now. So it's the not, DVDs no. are where it's at. But, and uh, um, uh, typically we're revisiting one episode of a show we've done before on what a cartoon. Technically, we've covered Duckman before, but because I have more time to do history, there will be a new history of the show for this mm, uh, segment. That's so, going to be good time. Yes. So Duckman episode is Cocktails for Four. And after that, we'll be doing Harley Quinn, the new. Uh, series that's on Marvel Universe right now. I'm sorry, DC. Yes. Wait, DC Unlimited? <laughs> yeah, DC Universe. You're oh, right. God you're damn right. it. <laughs> All right. So Harley Quinn up one. Now on HBO Max? Question mark. Well, that's a question. I mean, HBO Max launches tomorrow at the time of this recording. And what's really in question is how much of the exclusive DC Universe content is going to be there at launch. I don't think Warner really knows that. I was looking that up again of like, okay, what things are on there and what aren't? Because they haven't been very clear. Uh, I think eventually we'll be on HBO max but you know what it's very easy to sign up for that free week of dc Ooh. universe the only thing is it's not on video game consoles so you can only watch it on like your and computer or roku TV they have eight whole movies on there you can watch yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot i mean dc okay, universe there's has 12. a bit of stuff yeah it's not but it's not like the amazing hbo max with so much content god i can't wait to sign up i'm doing it now uh <laughs> so yeah harley quinn episode one and then we are headed into imagination land we're talking about the muppet babies the episode is the great muppet cartoon show and i've been uh skimming through a few muppet babies here and there and realizing like oh this is anime so yes like, yeah. yeah i believe it was toei that was the main animator on the classic seasons so, anyway in the same building animating dragon ball and muppet babies <laughs> uh yeah and harley quinn and muppet babies are premium patreon requests that's why we're doing them but i mean we we've enjoyed doing them anyway but yeah muppet babies i can't wait to go it was fun enough on our uh, cartoon drug special to uh, hear to those do muppet terrible voices, voices so <laughs> it's gonna be fun and thankfully uh the great uh, series Defunct Land has an awesome video that's going to be the start of my research on the history of that. You can just press play on that yeah, video. Like, and we'll <laughs> listen, I don't need to do this. Just go listen to it on your own. And yeah. No, no. I'll, I'll do my own work. Don't worry. Yes, no. I, th that's where, that's what's the Talking Simpsons difference. We begin with those videos and, and then do more research. And then our What a Cartoon Movie, as of this recording, it's it's going to be Space Jam. It's uh, Space Jam has, I think, almost double the votes of its uh, the second place one. It's important for us because this is going to be the first bet movie we're doing yes, for what a cartoon yeah. but and, it will still nice be 70 minutes also yes I think. Yeah. Uh, they barely got it finished but it's still going to be a fun conversation uh, with a special guest in the history segment i think so oh, yeah. yeah we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot from that but i guess you know if you don't want it to be space jam i could suggest to you if you're listening to this on the patreon version if you're in this on the free version it's already past time but and it's probably space jam uh but you guys need to talk to each other if you want it to be lego movie or cats don't dance you can change your vote after 
after you've made it. So Lego people and cats don't dance uh-huh. people maybe agree better, and switch your vote to the one or the other. Better idea, Henry. Get your family members to sign up for our Patreon and make uh, them vote. And yes. then we get those extra five dollars, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get all your family members to do it. Or hey, nothing's stopping <laughs> you from making three uh, Patreon accounts to vote. The- I no, like don't money. Do that. Don't do that. <laughs> that's, that's my uh, expression uh, about that's, this. That's a good uh, Mr. Krebs. Thank you. And, but, uh, uh, but yes, the Michael Jordan film will likely be the movie. Yes. Uh, and uh, right off the heels of The Last Dance, right? Or hot yes, on the heels of The yeah. Last Dance. So. Which, uh, you got, Bob, you got to watch all 10 hours of that. I'm thinking do about that. doing it while I play like an RPG or something. It's really good, easy background stuff. And you can just watch it, I think, just off of ESPN with a, look, we all have our parents' cable sign in, mm. don't we? Like, uh, So you can watch it off of there. So uh, because we are so productive now and we are just waiting for the uh, quarantine to lift and to have fun again, and uh, we're just thinking, why don't we start doing some of our polls earlier just to get the content finished first? So uh, we're going to talk to you guys up front. Like, would you be cool with us doing uh, polls earlier for this time period? We might do a movie poll early. We might do even a miniseries poll early. It'd be great to get the next miniseries done this summer and not have to produce it in the fall because it'll just be done in the time we have the most time to work yeah yeah so you know if you guys are cool with that i mean let let it know in the comments yeah we were thinking for example in june we would instead of waiting for the last week of june perhaps early in june we do our poll for the july movie giving us a chance to record the july movie much earlier than we would have before so i guess keep an eye out for that or if you guys would rather wait until the usual time for the july movie poll or the miniseries poll let us know in the comments but i think i think it would be nice to know uh get even farther ahead on our our movie recordings those (laughs) those are harder to do and take up more time so the more in advance we know what movie we're doing the easy it is to make it fit with our schedule yeah one of the reasons we moved the poll uh, back a few weeks is because the movie takes up an entire week of our time and usually like we can't really do anything around that recording time because it's it's just like five hours of recording Mm mm-hmm and so we have a little section here because it's time to, uh, you know, not move and watch stuff in this time period. And we're going to talk about some cartoons we enjoyed this month. And I can say that uh, I've been like uh, streaming stuff with Nina every night and we've been watching stuff on Discord or through Discord rather. So things I've been watching this month is we're almost at the end of Gravity Falls. We started watching it when wow. quarantine started. Damn. Uh, and there's only 40 episodes. We have not been doing it every night, but we worked our way through most of them. So I feel so uninformed having done that episode for what a cartoon, having only seen <laughs> that one i i know well i mean it would have been so spoilery for me to mention any of the things in yeah. that. like now you that you're this far in it there's some major stuff you could spoil for gravity falls but i'd have hate to done that for any of our listeners uh, but yeah the the show gets better and better as yeah. you go yeah and so as far as anime goes we've watched two series in full they're shorter series but i mean so i watched all the promised neverland anime really good adaptation oh, nice. of the manga and the second season is coming in october i think oh cool i didn't so, know that really excited about that also saw uh, watched Erased, which is a really good like time travel murder mystery story. Oh, that's neat. Uh, please check that out. There's even a live action version on Netflix. I don't know if it's good. And currently we're watching something called Land of the Lustrous on Amazon, another anime. It's a CGI anime that occasionally I forget it's CGI because they do it so convincingly. So wow, it's man, very, very I, cool. So That's nice. I uh, You know, that reminds me of one of the things I watched this month, which was uh, I watched the first episode of Beastars. And, oh yeah, that's another CGI anime, right? But, and it's gorgeous. Yeah. Like you, it's another 
another one where you're like you don't it doesn't feel stiff it feels very expressive and you've got like a lot of hot teen animal people so you go like oh i know why people are furries i get that but, <laughs> i understand now <laughs> uh and so yeah I, but the, only the first episode of that i watched uh though what i've really been watching uh now i watched a lot of stuff we're going to be doing episodes for or have recorded episodes for but another thing i watched all of was like we're doing harley quinn i am just up to date on harley quinn and every oh, cool. every week there's okay. a new app i'm watching it and i i'm growing to like it more and more every every app the more you get into the world uh but the biggest thing animated i've been watching this month is legends of galactic here or the galactic oh Heroes. yeah yeah you've been talking about that when i've been coming over it's the yeah. uh it's like a, the late 80s series yeah, yeah yeah i'd i'd always heard of it as a show of like if you like, you know, Gundam, classic Gundam, or Star Trek, or Game of Thrones, like, this is a wonderful anime version of that kind of story of a very long term story that also uh, has deep characters that unfold over time and uh and honestly my favorite part about it is how boring it is i really uh-huh. like that i i tend to enjoy that sometimes just like let like wow this nothing is happening in this episode but i'm compelled characters just talk and talk and talk and when big action scenes happen it's not like they're being cheap because they'll show spaceships shooting at each other but they'll also just uh, be like yeah we don't need to make this too exciting let's cut back to the actual drama which is generals talking about strategy to <laughs> each other and uh, and also the politics of it i just really like too there's there's this great scene uh in a, about a dozen episodes in where one side is talking about how strategically it is very dangerous to push their advantage in this war and why they really can't afford to do it and why it's a giant mistake and then they are shouted down because other people in the uh chief of staff room are going like we would be cowards if we didn't we must stand by our vision of freedom and we you sound like a coward by proposing these things like it shows how intractable endless wars happen and how people talk themselves into it and it's, i was surprised that this is all like uh you know officially localized where have you been watching it on uh, on verve actually or you can get high dive too that's a home of a lot of uh, musty old anime uh-huh. uh, but like legends of galactic heroes apparently i can't find the this is the 88 version i'd say there's actually a new version i think that just started a similarly paced adaptation but i want that 80s ass anime man i like, love it the poofy hair <laughs> the director of it is uh, i think the series director is the same one from the first macross series <laughs> so it has that visual style to it as well i i just like how slow and boring it is it really if you're looking for a thoughtful anime that is about you know the politics of warfare it's really really good and yeah i i again i think you can get a free month of high dive or verb or whatever and do it but uh i it's been nice to be streaming that these days yeah i typically uh we typically watch an anime and then like another show every night and i think i i'm kind of uh i'm not bored with it but i'm kind of want to change the pace because all the anime we've been watching is like serious intense and suspenseful <laughs> or like ponderous I kind of want to go to the newer Lupin series after this and oh, watch those. Yeah. 
yeah, it's just for like a fun a little fun. break. So the yeah. the newer Lupin. Oh, and one other thing I've been watching was after I did the Spencer Grammer interview, I was like, I'll just watch this new season of Rick and Morty, and it's it's been good, but it feels vindictively written in a way of like huh. that that is care. It's it feels like the writers playing out their anger at each other. There's so there's an episode called the Vat of Acid episode. I've heard I didn't look up spoilers for that, but I've heard it's like the best episode this season. It's been a really fun concept episode. My my favorite episode this season actually is their it's kind of their intergalactic cable for the season where it's just a bunch of one-off gags like cutaways the vat of acid episode is very funny but it starts with rick doing a plan that involves faking their death in a fake vat of acid and then morty says that's a bad idea and he shits on the pitch and oh, then okay. the episode is about saying like oh yeah what's your great idea morty and then and so it's really about pitching episode ideas in a writer's room and being mean about it i i gotta say the end of the third season really turned me off and oh, yeah, uh, that's why i didn't watch any of the fourth but maybe now that i have time i'll just check it out it's nice look i i wish rick and morty i think is a good show that sadly is involved in the culture wars and i'll also tell you don't watch the episode that elon musk is in because oh uh, yeah i don't want that that was just a, and it's actually a funny episode but i was just brought down every second elon tusk Ooh, was on screen i don't like it and i and i watched the first two episodes of solar opposites which really is just like they just made a rick and morty like it, uh, it took me I, I couldn't watch more of it behind the scenes i told you my theory my theory about that was like cartoon network was not going to renew uh rick and morty or they were just they make everybody wait forever like we know that from the venture brothers like they don't renew you immediately they make you wait forever which is why there are like two years between seasons sometimes <laughs> i think they're like we're not gonna wait we're gonna make our own show for hulu fuck you we're mm. the rick and morty people they'll just come wherever we go and cartoon Network's like fuck give them a hundred yeah we need to keep them on board we need them now while meanwhile like uh i mean hulu is about to lose rick and morty to hbo max so i can see why they too were like we'll pay justin Roiland whatever he wants like but it's Roiland's own show it's uh, this is a non harmon show so uh i and i feel there's a bit of the heart missing from mm. from a the Harmon heart that comes too, in rick and morty too much bird violence for bob mackey yeah i stopped before the bird violence <laughs> episode but yeah the characters i don't know it's it's okay but if you're already somebody who's like oh i'm getting tired of the formula rick and morty solar opposites is not the show for you because i think it will only tire you out more of that formula so one final thing i'm springing this on you henry what this is a surprise for you because this has been burning a hole in my hard drive for three weeks I'm going to play a sound and I can't even give you any setup because I've been writing this down in my in my little schedule every week to remember to play this on what a cartoon. So once you hear this, you'll know what it is. But I have to ask you respectfully to not react while this plays. Okay. And then after it plays, you are allowed to react. I am now the dictator of this podcast. <laughs> okay. All right. So I, I'm, let, I'm ready. <laughs> let me play this. Happy birthday, Bob. This is Batman calling you from Wayne Manor. Nina wanted me to send you this because she knows you're lonely because you don't have your Nina with you so this is just for you to celebrate you and your podcast what a cartoon I am vengeance I am the night I am Batman and remember Bob it's not who you are underneath it's what you do that defines you so there is wow. uh, yeah. wow. uh, there's about like two more minutes of him talking about like quarantine and stuff. It's a really heartfelt personal message from Kevin Conroy Aww. that Nina got me for my birthday. That's so, so sweet. Wow. I, I woke up on May 7th to uh, that video. 
Yes. Wow, how nice. And that is amazing. <laughs> Kevin Conroy's on Cameo. Oh. I'm sure he does a lot of these, but it didn't feel like he was phoning in at all. It was a very no sincere way. message about uh, about like our situation and being apart and stuff yeah. and uh, oh. tying it all to Batman. That's so sweet. But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> now you can cut in Kevin Conroy going, what a cartoon. That's great. Uh, oh, wherever yeah. you want. We got to save that. Yes. Oh. So I have been holding that back for three weeks, and I was so afraid I'd forget to bring it up on this podcast. Hearing it there, uh, uh, now I'm so shocked you were able to keep Keep that to yourself yes. this whole time. And I only I asked you to not say a noise or not say a word because I knew you would start screaming. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Once you heard I, Kevin Conroy. I was ready. Like, Hello, I, Bob. <laughs> I was like, oh, is well, I'm going to have one extreme reaction or the other, like positive or negative. So I uh, I was on edge. But wow, that's yeah. such a nice thing. So thank you to Nina. She made my birthday special, even though we were very far apart. That's, that is so sweet. And yeah, Kevin Conroy, he does not... He doesn't phone it in, even on a, on just a, a birthday wish. Like the, he, yeah. the video was open on my uh, my laptop while I'm talking to you, and the entire time Kevin Conroy's just staring at me, saying, "Do it, Bob. Play <laughs> the it. video. Come on, Bob. I I like his enunciation on Bob. Yeah, too. it's very. He's, nice. he's a professional, and I can see yeah. his foyer. It's very nice. Oh, that's so yeah. nice, man. What a that's a great. Thank you, Nina, for that gift. To yes, us all. and she gave me permission yeah. to play it. So, oh, thank you. What a great gift. But now we're on to comments for Talking Simpsons. And the first one is Krusty Gets Busted, a very great podcast we did with Casey Green. So Boomer Spacely says, I don't mean to, well, actually you, but Justice Kennedy, who is indeed a swing justice, integral for Oberf... What? Oberfelge. I think that's the name of the person in the gay marriage lawsuit, the one that that made it legal in America. I I apologize. I never saw those letters in that order before. So Oberfelge, gay marriage case. So he was a swing justice for that case. However, he, for lack of a better adverb, fuckishly retired at 70 in 2018. Compare this to other modern era retirement of a Supreme Court justice. Stevens didn't step down until he was 90. Anywho, Kennedy leaving set the table for the appointment of that lovable rapscallion, Brett Kavanaugh. However, Bork's failed appointment was in 1985, and his seat would go to Scalia, who was anything but a swing judge. Yeah, he sucks. Very hey, much. anyway, Mumbly Joe voted for him. Hooray! <laughs> Kennedy got his seat in 1988, huh? A centrist being appointed in an election year. What a concept. So in case you're wondering where that comes from, the judge in the case looks like Bork. Yes, yeah. yeah. We, I, And I had said Bork had... Uh, his space was filled by Kennedy, but instead it was Scalia, who it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's uh, it's out of the frying pan into the fire in that case. But if Joe Biden approved of him, I, I trust his judgment in all ways. Uh, my, my son is also named Bork. <laughs> also on that episode, that Komarowski says, our good buddy who, je- who would appear on the next episode. The tearful, crusty scene in Like Father, Like Clown was indeed Brad Bird's animation. Another great Silverman-heavy scene is Krusty's preamble and reaction to Worker and Parasite. As I wrote in an earlier comment, I'll be bolder than Casey and say graining totally cribbed Squeak the Mouse. Of course he saw it. He probably is reluctant to name it as a source because of the pornographic nature, but come on, it's got a mouse taking a chainsaw through cat's scalp drawn in 30s style on the cover. That's itchy and scratchy right there. Of course, Graining swiped from it. So that's uh, that's Thad's belief yeah. that Graining 
Groening's ignorance is is feigned in uh, knowing squeak the mouse. I've been watching a lot of uh, Duckman recently, and the Fluffy and Uranus gags are very much squeak the mouse with how yeah. they're like dismembered and disfigured. So I feel like Everett <laughs> Peck, being an indie comic artist, he was more tapped into that than Groening, maybe even. I forgot one of the best ones of them, Fluffy and Uranus, was when uh, Chris Elliott is a guest on the series. Oh, he, he, he has his own episode called yes. All About Elliot, <laughs> and he tells Duckman to eat Fluffy and Uranus and fully digest them as a way of killing them so up next we have the best episode of the series some enchanted <laughs> evening although we've learned the crepes of wrath is worse not as fun yes yeah it's uh and more sloppily written even yeah right? well I, hastily written i mean john vitti even admits to it yes yeah. very much, we have yeah. we have the writer on record saying uh, one of sorry five writers on record of that episode right. Uh, but some bloke says, with the benefit of hindsight about when this was supposed to air, I can really only see various bits in this episode as deliberate attempts to show off how, quote unquote, not for kids it was. Theft, violence, sex, domestic dysfunction, relentless disparaging of the low quality of children's cartoons. Maybe don't throw that particular stone while building a glass house, guys. It's like they just kind of ran down a checklist. Lots of what this podcast has trained me to recognize as a season one style, overriding unsubtle jokes as well. Just a rough watch. Fascinating, but rough. <laughs> and yeah, I, I can see like Graining and Simon saying, okay, what can't cartoons do? Let's do it all up front to show people what the Simpsons will be. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely see that being the intent of the how this episode plays out. Yeah, I think one thing I didn't explore enough in that one was how Simon, Sam Simon had a 70s Saturday morning background. So yeah, that's right. in part, it's him striking back at them, too. I, I looked up the I hope you listeners did, too. The scene from Mighty Mouse that Thad th- threw out there of handcuffs on a snake, like oh, it's yeah. a really great drawing. Like Sam Simon wrote on that very series. That's too. right. So maybe that's where he knew Butterworth from. Alec Whitney says about that episode: as the only guy without kids at my job, all of them dread the days when the new animated movies come to a streaming service, as they all fear their kid will latch onto it, and then it's on the TV for the next six months. So yeah kids still do that also i too watched Spaceballs a million times as a kid then moved on to robin hood men in tights oh man i gotta say alec i can uh, relate to you i think like if you had access to hbo at a very specific time in like 1987 or 88 <laughs> you watch Spaceballs every day mm-hmm. and i watched Spaceballs so much that my grandma recorded it for me and wrote Spaceballs on the label <laughs> as like a special gift like that was my uh no i have not seen a movie more than Spaceballs. Man. i probably have seen it a hundred times wow yeah. yeah i i think now i have watched the star wars films more times than it but in childhood before i had them on vhs i watched my taped space balls way more times. man space balls was such a formative movie now you know what i'll say that's a good movie people have been think, shitting on yeah. space balls for too long damn it <laughs> uh and yeah i i feel for that guy being the only person with kids at the job without kids at the job you get to hear about how like oh god now this is on netflix that'll just be on all day long i mean oh we didn't even think of that with disney plus about what a curse that is for parents that they're like oh now no. now the kid knows i can just press play on toy story 2 anytime i want there's not even like rewinding the tape anymore or starting mm-hmm. the dvd over just like clicking back and reloading yeah. maybe that autoplay thing has at least helped some parents with like 
Well, with this auto playing, they won't want to just start it back over. They'll just watch the next thing Disney Plus tells them to watch. So up next, we have our episode about Simpsons Sing the Blues. What a fun episode that was. Uh, typically, I'm too busy working to actually listen to the episodes after we record them. But I did listen to this one, and I was mm-hmm. laughing on all my walks while it was playing. I thought we all did a great job on this one. Oh, yeah. Alex uh, was such a fun guest, too, to talk about those things. I Now I've had even more things, to, more knowledge about David Geffen that makes me go like, oh, boy, oh boy. this guy. <laughs> Uh, so Nina Matsumoto says 90% of the time they played a Simpsons music video on much music it'd be do the Bartman I had nothing against that video but Deep Deep Trouble was such a rare treat I always wish they would play it more often and I agree it's a better song of course now I can watch any music video anytime I want however many times I want yet am I going to check out the Deep Deep Trouble music video again eh this also unlocked the memory deep within me I used to get that rhyme now you can't go to the boat show stuck in my head all the time because of that weird rhythmic cadence and now it's been stuck in my head all day thanks that's from nina you're welcome nina (laughs) yeah and i will say in the states on mtv i never saw deep deep trouble and i think it's because that music video came out in like the spring of 91 and we were done with that album yeah it uh it was way too i mean i liked watching winter of 91 yeah i i like in in march or whatever i liked still watching it on my vhs tape i taped off tv but yeah who would play it then like the and when also bart mania was feeling old at that time we had we had moved on in 91 i think i uh it sounds like canada's much music preferred it more than uh than mtv in the states did which uh, i that her mentioning much music i that takes me back to when we talked with luke savage and uh and will sloan the toronto-based podcasters and how we're like oh we know who had the sock is they're like how could you know at the sock <laughs> he didn't cross the border but we know <laughs> Uh, Richard McCarthy says about that same episode, this podcast unlocked an embarrassing memory. When this album was released, I was 11 or so. I demanded a family meeting where I rapped Deep Deep Trouble and had my dad recite Homer's lines. Bless my parents for indulging my deeply cringeworthy adolescent flights of fancy. They probably looked at you and said, you know, at least he's creative. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) I'm sure my parents did that with me plenty of times. Like, he's weird, but uh, weird pays, doesn't it? I, uh, this also unlocked the memory for me of like, not for Simpsons, but demanding my parents like listen to me and my brother sing a song we made up mm. and now i just feel ugh, just or shivers like, of, of you want to show them a level of a video game or something yeah yeah or just like oh here's uh i just read this comic book and it's so cool mom let me take you page by page through how cool <laughs> this comic book is uh they put up with a lot my parents Let's talk about what a cartoon comments. Mm. So our first episode from that month was uh, Beavis and Butthead, the reboot season. Very good. Please check it out where you can. And Joe Hodgson says, uh, this show has become so endearing to me as an adult, which is not something I would have expected while watching as a nine-year-old when it came on after Speed Racer or was it before on weekday evenings. A show so dumb that it's actually really clever. And the 2011 comeback was so satisfying in ways nostalgia can't even account for. It was almost like a validation for the series to see it not miss a beat as I've heard so so many times over the years when discussing the topic of Beavis and Butthead that it was just stupid, but anyone who thinks it was just stupid never really gave it the time of day. The only thing that sucks about the show, and it's probably brought up every time anyone discusses the show today, is that MTV did not have the foresight to secure the rights to the music video used in each episode so that we could have easily have fully intact segments available today. Listening to this podcast today really gave me an urge to crack open a Pepsi Big Slam and devour a big bag of Doritos with some Beavis and Butthead. Oh, to be young again. Uh, the Pepsi Big Slam, is that like the one liter bottle the like the one that's between a regular bottle and a two liter it's now a crime to sell that i think (laughs) to to imply that one person should drink one liter of cola 
and and then a, a, an entire bag of full-size Doritos yeah. as well. Yeah, you know, I think it was good that in the 2011 version, they MTV actually had the foresight to license the rights to those to be on streaming. So when we did those episodes, we actually did get to see the music videos. I mean, in 1993, we simply didn't know. Like, yeah. we assumed, like, no, cable is the end of uh, entertainment programming. <laughs> There's nothing after that. Well, and Beavis and Butthead especially was made to be very disposable and yeah. not, not to be saved for the ages. Uh, also on that episode, Batman Boy 11, Dylan Freetag says, This has to be up there with Twin Peaks on the list of best show revivals slash returns ever, or part of the few that actually worked at all, even. I haven't seen the full return season or all of the original run, but this felt like such a natural continuation despite a decade passing, sort of adapting to the times, but not in any kind of stupid or distracting way, i.e. Lisa having a gif of Homer backing into the bushes. That changes the core of the show too much. Mm. Yeah, I think the Twin Peaks, uh, that was three years ago, and I think it's the the only revival people have truly loved. Like every, like when X-Files came back, everyone was like, eh, they messed that up, or I uh, you want to i have a feeling very soon we're going to get a community revival and uh, i think i think they'll mess that up too i think so too and uh so i didn't watch twin peaks revival but what i know about it is it's not made for our mainstream audience at all it's, mm. it's not lynch doing what he did 30 years ago saying like what would a tv audience approve of i could be a little weird no he made that for nobody which is what david lynch always does and people were just confused by it in front of the show eric siska he was working at the lifetime not lifetime whatever network aired that AM. showtime showtime there you go he was working for them at the time and he, he talked about this on podcast how the network hated it because they're like what the fuck is this <laughs> what are they giving us like we have to air this now that's and great. uh yeah it's uh it's it's not for anybody but it's for the right people yeah that's uh, and mike judge made beavis and butthead again for the real fans or all honestly for himself yeah and uh, not really to make anybody else happy so we're on to Dragon Ball, and uh, Devin Hothfarth says, You mentioned there being Bear Man and a Dog Man, and a fun fact for you. According to the PS4 RPG Kakarot, animal people in Dragon Ball are a direct result of a drug that was popular back in the day, which apparently turned people into animal-human hybrids, much like a certain episode of Batman Beyond. <laughs> uh, however, the drug fell out of style, and nowadays nobody uses it, and that's the justification for why animal people exist in Dragon Ball, but not so much in Dragon Ball Z. And I love that. Is that canon? Can we make that uh, canon? Well, it's video game canon. It's not a thing somebody said on a comic page, but a lot of the side content, especially as time goes on for Dragon Ball, is the fans who make the video games or the new TV series explaining away plot holes yeah. made by Akira Toriyama working on a hellish schedule. I mean, the real reason for anything in Dragon Ball is Akira Toriyama thought it was funny. Yeah. And then you find your justification later. Isn't it funny to see like a bear man in the background that makes you laugh like uh and as it, but it got sillier that silliness had to drop away as dragon ball became more of a just straight combat thing but i i loved finding out that one of the video games explains why animal peoples kind of disappeared i wanted to know uh also on that episode mario says about dragon ball i grew up on the mexican latin american dub of dragon ball and dragon ball z and let me tell you dragon ball is as big as soccer in the simpsons in mexico that everyone in their abuela knows who <laughs> goku is but I feel like I don't have to tell you that since the Dragon Ball Super Final episodes were played in front of various live crowds, which is amazing to see. Also, Henry talking about preferring Chala over Rock the Dragon, and I can relate. 
I grew up listening to the Latin American version of those songs, which are amazing. And when I first heard Rock the Dragon, I thought I just thought it felt right. So it's a pretty good guitar solo. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Rock the Dragon's fine. It's yeah. fine. But uh, for me, when I heard Chala, also, I just love 80s anime music. Yeah, there's, like, there's so yeah. much fun. It's another reason I'm liking watching Legend of the Galactic Heroes. It's full of 80s anime stuff. So on to Justice League and Batman Boy 11 says, The talk about how Superman is a little inconsistent made me want to pop in and say a little bit about the Arrowverse. I've been a big fan of it since early into The Flash and I'm still a regular viewer of most of it, especially Supergirl. And I think a lot of why I like the shows and their interconnected nature is why I like the DCAU as well. There may be problems in narrative inconsistencies, but ultimately both universes seem to fundamentally understand their characters with some dips here and there and bring the vibrant fun of the comics onto the big screen. Of course, there's a lot more of the Arrowverse at this point, given that the shows are an hour long and there's more than five-ish of the DCAU, so I get why people may not want to get into them, but with the DCAU gone and WB slash DC seemingly interested in doing more with it, I'm glad to have another good connected universe of DC heroes on TV. Yeah, the the I've watched, uh, I've only watched bits and pieces of those things. I watched the entire first two seasons of The Flash, but then kind of fell out of it, but I they just hit the reset button too much, but I did watch the entire crisis on infinite earth's five parter and that was really great why is it called the arrowverse <laughs> oh well because it started with the arrow the okay. arrow is the first show and then they spun off from there and mm. so fans just call it the arrowverse and that, that kriegman guy that kriegman creep he was uh, all over these shows right yes but now, now it's uh better people He's been removed. It. Yes, yes yeah long long removed uh and shy ranger says about it green lantern being white in the movie is not just a problem with the movie side of things even at DC Comics, I've seen plenty of interviews from around 10 years ago saying Hal Jordan is the most iconic Green Lantern. Without much reason, why? This statement still doesn't make sense to me. For one, even now, Green Lantern is more of a niche hero, nowhere near the level of the big three. Second, one of the Lantern's big things is passing on the power to a worthy successor. So their whole thing is having new versions that could be anyone. And finally, you can't even say he's the most iconic because of nostalgia, because comic books are so old that there's plenty of nostalgia for plenty of versions of these characters. And uh, mm. then some bloke followed up with also talking about how Hal Jordan was so unceremoniously just shoved out of the series and like thrown in the trash that then in the early 2000s, when he made a comeback, they overcorrected and like, no, he's the Green Lantern again. And he's mm. actually the best green lantern and he's going to be the star of the movie like hell is just not as good as john stewart like he's so him taking over his spot is just like stu is was a mistake i think was there so that that movie that green lantern movie yes. was ryan reynolds yes yeah. and he's also deadpool yes okay yeah. strange and deadpool makes a lot of jokes about that okay. don't worry about but they have big plans for that franchise the, they the spent green a, franchise they spent a shitload of money on green lantern and had multiple teases in it they were sure that came out before man of steel and they actually did think it was going to start a whole oh, universe wow. of things wow. it was going to be their answer to marvel the but, hubris of it all but soon on hbo max we're gonna get a d a green lantern original series set in the arrowverse so so finally we have comments for our what a cartoon movie on toy story 2 and i'm currently wanted by the police because so many heads exploded after i informed everybody out there that <laughs> the movie that was deleted was the movie that was never made so well that it, it was deleted eventually so yes 
I am still I am still in shock. We're about all still reeling. Lied to my whole life by Pixar. But uh, yeah, I definitely want to do three and four for the series, and mm-hmm. we probably will at some point soon because uh, I love it all. But uh, Kaiser Beam says. This film will hold a special place in my heart because it was the last film I saw in my old 8-screen multiplex, but I saw most of the films in in my early childhood. A 16-screen theater opened up across town, and the old one clinged on as a second-run theater for a year before going bust. And mm. uh, yeah, I do I do love the old theater memories whenever I visit back home, uh, which is not often, but like I can think of, like I, I can just name all the movies I saw there, <laughs> all the big movies I saw there. You know, I'm divorced from that, unfortunately, because I went, uh, my first job was work Working at my childhood movie theater, uh, which I went from loving to uh, then knowing everything about it and truly hating it and despising it. I the few times when I went home and we saw a movie, I would try. I would ask my parents, like, please let's go to a different theater. I don't want to go to the AMC in Orange Park again. I like uh, returning to places I worked as a teenager because I can uh, travel back and say I've defeated you. Yes, that's like true. the Taco Bell I used to work at still standing. The wow. the GameStop still standing. All these places. I, I, just, I didn't bring them down. <laughs> I just don't want to meet my old managers either. Oh, they That's, still would be uh, there, wouldn't they? At, uh, the last time I went to the AMC about a decade ago, one of them was still there, and uh, I wanted to uh, jump out of my skin. And uh, finally, our last comment on Toy Story 2 actually has a bit of trivia here that uh, only a British person would know. Joe Moore says, One piece of trivia that I thought you might find slightly interesting concerns British television presenter Andrew Andy Peters. Andy was a famous kids show presenter who went on to do bigger things. He was a huge part of my childhood, and when he presented the behind-the-scenes look at the making of Toy Story 2, I vividly remember a scene where John Lasseter surprised Andy by inviting him to be a voice in the film. When I read John Lasseter's surprise, somebody, I'm like, oh, God. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) It was a nice surprise. It was a nice surprise. (laughs) Everything seemed to be going well as Andy recorded his lines and finished his tour of the studio. However, it turned out his working visa prevented him from performing in the movie, so he had to re-record it once he got back to the UK at the very last minute. With everything else going on at Pixar at the time, this generous offer slash publicity stunt for a single line of dialogue must have been an extra headache. I wish I could find the footage to watch it again. Though then he did find it in a follow-up reply and then put it in the comments, so check that out. So the next time you hear that baggage handler say, hold it, we've got a couple more bags coming from the terminal, just remember this was yet another small part of Toy Stories 2 development hell. I don't remember that guy having a British accent. Did he use an American accent? I think it was lightly a British okay, accent. Okay. Ever, I mean, but not like in your face British, but uh, but in that moment I think you're just so tense with the characters yeah. you're not even really hearing like, dialogue. That's a guy there. I've never heard of. Wait a minute. <laughs> Who's this No, bloke? that's fascinating. It was like uh, kind of like cameo casting and yeah. <laughs> uh, just buried in the mix. For, for a British guy, no American is ever heard of like just some British kids presenter but I think that's how I've had a funny thing of watching OSW review the wrestling podcast which uh, they've been on our show nice guys they have such a funny thing where a when like Regis Philbin shows up on an old wrestling show like who the fuck is this guy I'm like oh yeah you guys wouldn't know a uh, person who's just famous for being on US television would you good old Regis God <laughs> okay so yes it's been another great month Woo! of podcasts and again yes. we are working so hard for all of you out there because there's nothing else to do but uh, rest assured that like we have got most of the summer recorded at 
this point. Mm -hmm. So it's already in the pipeline to hit your ears very, very soon. And yeah, anything else, Henry? Uh, No, just again, look forward to, uh, you know, Space Jam and all the other cool stuff we're doing this month. But I guess, you know, if you don't want to be Space Jam, you're going to have to start politicking hardcore. Yes, go around your neighborhood. Uh, Actually, don't do that. Please don't do that. Uh, Get get like a phone line started up and, you know, call people, tell them about Talking Simpsons and then say, uh, I'll sign up for you. Just vote for Cats Don't Dance. And that's how it works. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, thanks again to all your support this month, everybody. And uh, we look forward to another fun month of at least a bunch of awesome podcasts. So, yeah, thanks so much for listening to another episode of Talk to the Audience. We'll see you next month for more news and your comments and questions. And we'll see you then. infotainment.